Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back. Well, the Premier League is right around the corner. Here's a look at the opening weekend fixtures we have to look forward to. Man City taking on Burnley. Arsenal taking on Nottingham Forest. We've got Newcastle, Aston Villa, Brentford, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man United taking on Wolves. Um, Right now, we are going to dive into the top two teams from last season. Man City and Arsenal. This is how the top six all shook out when it was all said and done. Newcastle securing a top four finish um, along with Manchester United. Liverpool only able to get fifth. A great finish for Brighton as well. But let me focus on Manchester City and Arsenal. Arsenal were in control at the top of the table for a good majority of the season last year. And I think we all, I know, sorry guys, we just kind of, mm. kind of ran out of steam Where did at Liverpool the end finish? and came up against a, a Manchester City team that just happened to win a treble as well. Um, yeah. Their quality uh, was, I mean, you, can't, you cannot deny it. And it looks like they could be poised to, to do it again. So we're going to chat about them and what their chances are to do it again this season and how well Arsenal can compete. So let's, uh, let's take a look at some of the, the ins and outs, the moves that have been made for, for Manchester City and see where perhaps they've lost some pieces, where they have gained. When, when you look at this, Grella, do you yeah. think that they are any better or worse than they were last season? I, I think they're the same. I mean, Gunogen is, is uh, they lose a lot, but Kovacic adds. I think if you bring in Kovacic, listen, listen, let me finish, let me finish. I, I think if you bring in Kovacic as the man, he's the main man he, in your midfield, you're, you're going to be disappointed because he's never going to be the main man. But is he a guy that uh, you could plug into your midfield and makes your team better? He does a lot of little things. He has a lot of quality. Definitely, you know, but is he the guy? No. But in a Manchester City team, if you put me in the team, I, I think I can do okay as well. The, the players are so good around them. You, know? <laughs> you, you, you don't you, like Kovacic? I, I do. Okay. But to say that they're the same, Gundogan and Riyad Mahrez, you lose 
big depth pieces for Manchester City. But they have so many and, pieces. Yeah, but Gundogan was do. the MVP at the end of but, the season. But Gundogan and Riyad Morris, these are game changers. These aren't just like guys that can fill in. And Kovacic is a is a supremely qual- uh, quality player. But I mean, Gundogan and Riyad Morris, this is another level in terms of game changers. And they can plop in, plop out, and starting eleven. There's no drop off. Kovic, just, he's still got to catch up and, and get into a rhythm, that adjustment. Look how long it took a lot of these players, Jack Grealish in particular, phenomenal player, but he didn't hit the ground running. It takes time to adjust to the, the style of play, the demands of Pep Guardiola, and so I think, if anything, they took just a slight step backwards. Mm. I, and here's why I will disagree, even though I agree with everything you said. It's that last part. I am going to stop second-guessing Pep Guardiola <laughs> officially. I, I will not do it, okay? You've proven your point. Dude, you're good. Uh, Kovacic, I don't know. Just like, I, you know, the John Stones we see. John Stones was in uh, Pep Guardiola's first 11 when he first came, uh, beca- took control of Manchester City, and he is a wildly different player today than he was then. Uh, you mentioned Jack Grealish. Obviously, a, a lot of mitigating circumstances with that, with that uh, massive, um, you know, purchase price over his head. But we've seen Pep Guardiola take players and do something magical with them, put them in a position, ask ask of them three or four things that they didn't even know they could do. So I'm going to stop second-guessing him. I'm assuming if he's ready to move on from Ilkay Gundogan and if he's ready to move on um, from Riyad Mahrez, that's go- I'm going to suggest that that's probably the right choice. Um, that said, I think we're going to see what, what kind of squad this is because I know you mentioned the notable matches for the beginning of the EPL season. These two teams are going to play each other for the Community Shield on, on August 6th. So this is going to be huge. This is... You know, I don't look at this as the as the most massive trophy or, or, you know, anything at all. But it is important, and we're going to see how these two teams line up. And I'm interested to see exactly how Kovacic plays. How th- it looks like both teams are not going to be going with a box midfield. How are the new signings for Arsenal going to going to do yeah, against gonna, a thing like this? We're going to hit on that in just a second. I want to chat about. We can't talk about City and not talk about the season that Erling Holland had mm-hmm. last year because the man was an unstoppable force. I mean, look at these numbers. It's absolutely ridiculous. 52 goals in 53 matches, nine assists. Um, He broke the single-season goal-scoring record for the Premier League. Young Player of the Year, Player of the Year. Can he he be even better? Can he produce even more next season, Grella? I think he can – I think he doesn't lose a step. And I know they lose quality players, but I think this team is just too good and Pep is too good. Uh, I spoke to a good friend of mine that I played with, Fabian Delph, and he, uh, I always think Angelotti is the best coach in the world, but he had Angelotti at Everton, and he also had Pep at, at uh, Manchester City, and, and he told me that Pep is on another level. Personally, that's his personal, and he's, he's worked with both managers every single day. So he turned, like him, you into say, a, he turned him into a fullback. Like you say, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> he's made Holland better, which was hard to believe, Holland coming into Manchester City being better, and I think that I'm not going to doubt Pep, I'm not going to doubt Holland. I think that he's going to continue to put these same numbers up, if not better, which is just mind-blowing because in our generation we haven't seen anything. Aside from Messi and Ronaldo, that were very different. We haven't seen a number nine like this in a long I, time. I, I agree with you. I think he's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's mostly because his first season, he, as much as he's learning about his teammates and tendencies, they're learning about his with a new style. And I think... Him and Kevin De Bruyne have really struck up a, a beautiful partnership, knowing where each other are, where they need to be, where they're going to be. And given that, with Jack Grealish and Bernardo Silva still, Man City players, I mean, the attacking... Did you see his game evolve throughout I, the course of yes. the season? Yeah. Because yeah. he was predominantly just a, I'm a, I'm a killer in mm-hmm. the box. Put it in service, I'll be there. Near post, far post, he liked to, he tended to float to the far post. 
Now, towards the end of the season, and I think it really turned when Arsenal came to the Etihad and we watched firsthand him absolutely abuse Rob Holding. But his ability to, to check deep and play off of Kevin De Bruyne, use the second balls, win them, and have the attacking midfielders or the wingers play off and make runs and be able to pass and make the right decisions. I think that's where he's really evolved. Now he's, he's, he's being a little bit more unpredictable, mm. checking to the ball, coming into midfield, drifting out to space. So as good as a finisher he is, now he's showing that his passing range and his ability to, to find the, the, the open man. Yeah. yeah, he's scary good. Okay, let's chat. Let's chat Arsenal because I, you said something a few weeks ago uh, that I thought was really interesting, Alexis. You were talking about how it was so strange during the summer transfer window that Arsenal were so active so early on, because typically that was not the not case. Not the case. <laughs> and yeah. It seems like they've added some really, really solid pieces. Mm-hmm. When you look at at the players that they have brought in, Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Jurian Timber. What does that say you? 138 or is that a typo there? 138 million for Declan Rice? 105 million pounds. So based so on the exchange yeah. rate, that's, that's a lot. What that's excites lot you? What excites you, Arsenal boys, about these moves that were made? I mean, first and foremost, Mikel Arteta, who I've been defending since the day he got the job, I'll repeat it again. Arsene Wenger told the front office to hire him as Arsene Wenger was being let go. Um, or they moved on from Arsene Wenger, who just got a statue, by the way, outside the Emirates <laughs> this weekend. Um, he basically told him to get Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta presented the front office with a five-year plan. To, to see things like this, the signings coming in early, spending on player that you know you want, that has the qualities, that fit the style of play you want to play, they want to switch to a more box midfield this year. To see that, to me, gives me this ultimate confidence that they have a plan and they're putting it through. Whether it works or not is up to the coach to get make sure that these players deliver in the way that they want. But to... An arsenal with a plan, not just buying the cheapest they could find. You know, long gone are the Marouane Shamaks. You know what I mean? Hey, the don't shell. Disrespect no, Shamak. I'm disrespecting Marouane Shamak. Don't you Shamak was uh, a good player. Uh, was a good he player. was a good player. Okay, a good player. That's not what we need. Shal uh, Shalstrom. Players like this, I'm done Kim. with it. Huh? Kim. Kim. Kalstrom. No, Shal. It was Kalstrom. It's Shalstrom. Look it up, bro. Anyway, all I'm saying is Sweden. It's Kalstrom. Bro, I'm telling you, bro. I'm done with players like that. Yo, we're not we're not shopping out of the bargain bins anymore. We're not waiting till the end of the season to see what what deals fell through, or the end of the transfer window, I should say, to see what deals fell through. Finally, we we have someone in mind. We go out and get them. Yuri and Timber, who we wanted, we wanted um, Lissandro Martinez. He, we got scooped by uh, Manchester United. Okay, fine. Manchester wanted then wanted Jerry and Timber. So did we. And. For the money we paid for him, I think we got a good, we got an even better deal. We didn't have to pay the Lissandra Martinez money. This is absolutely, to me, this is good business. Did we overpay for Declan Rice? That's still left to see. But I'm Latino. I love whenever we have, we have rice. So it is what it is. <laughs> well, what's, why are you laughing? I'm letting you cook. All right, baby. And I'm cooking that roast. You feel me? Charlie, are they gonna, are they gonna win the league? Arsenal gonna win the league? They'll compete. They'll compete. They'll compete, compete to do what? They'll compete for, for the, the league. league title. They'll compete for the league title. How can you say no? You probably said that last given, season too. Given that I they push City all the way till till April. What they lose? But they end up losing by. I have it written down here. Six, uh, five points. End up losing points. by. Yeah. But for and me, you're, and you're saying they're not going to compete me, for City, the title this year. I don't think so. For me, Man City is just unbeatable. 
And I think Manchester United improved a lot. I think Newcastle improved. I, I think there's too many good teams. Liverpool's not going to have the same season. Talking about getting Mbappe on loan. If Mbappe comes I do on loan. Think there's, I, th- I think that's a really good point. I do think that a lot, a lot of teams, of teams have, have yeah. improved it's be over the they needed to, to the catch summer up transfer to window. I know, absolutely. Well, and so it's not like I don't City. think the, the, the teams you it's mentioned, I don't think This is going goals. to be such a fun. Do you think Newcastle have as strong a season as they did last year? I think so. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Top four. Yeah. I think they're top four. Yeah. I think so. <gasps> I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Less than two weeks. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another break, but we are going to continue to talk about the Women's World Cup with Anita Jones, who joins us from Australia when we return. Don't go anywhere. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Here's a look at today's results from the Women's World Cup in Group C. We had Zambia beating Costa Rica 3-1 and Japan beating Spain 4-0. And in Group B, it's all said and done. Australia with a massive 4-0 win over Canada, who is now eliminated from the World Cup. That Ireland-Nigeria match ends in a 0-0 draw. So it will be Nigeria and Australia advancing in Group B. What an exciting day for the host nation and a sad day for Canada. Wow. Not how I saw this one playing out, but it's a World Cup. Anything can happen. And for more on this tournament, we are so excited to bring in our very good friend, Anita Jones. Anita, um, I've never had more FOMO in my life because you just told us you got to hold a koala bear and play with kangaroos. You have to tell me everything about this experience. Yeah, so I managed to have a few hours of downtime. And if I had not left, I mean, if I'd left this country without seeing those animals that hop or jump, whatever you want to say, (laughs) I would have been so upset. Because, like, (laughs) contrary to belief, like, when you go to the big cities, they're not just hopping around everywhere. Like, you have to go a bit further out to encounter them. Some of them are huge, um, but they were very friendly. I had fun. I got into my David Attenborough spirit, you know, I was there talking to them. <laughs> that's that's going to be your new series. Just Anita with, with, with cute animals. I think we should make it happen. Um, all right, let's let's chat a little a little Group F. Um, let's. You, I know you've been closely following the the Panama side. They end up losing to Jamaica, but for Jamaica, I mean, this was this was absolutely massive and gives them a chance to now advance out of the group. Um, how big of a moment was it for this Jamaica's team? So, funnily enough, I was sat quite close to Bunny Shaw, who's their star player. 
the striker who unfortunately got a red card from the first game against France. So when that goal went in from the corner, she was up out of her seat. She was leaning over, like cheering her fellow um, players on from high up above. You could see just what it meant to them. To be honest, um, I, I think given the chances that Jamaica had, they were lucky to get away with a win because Panama really made it difficult for them. They showed up in every possible way and it was only through a set piece that really set them apart in that game. And so um, in terms of what this means, this is Jamaica's second World Cup. Not only have they managed to get their first points with that um, draw against France, they've now got their first win at a World Cup beating Panama and their first goal. So it's historic all around for the Caribbean country. And like you said, they are in with a chance of progressing to the knockout stages. But it comes with a really big challenge, and that is against Brazil. But Bunny Shaw will be back, so you never know. Anita, there's obviously a lot of storylines of some incredible, incredible nations doing some wild things. Obviously, that big win for the Philippines uh, was a big moment for them. You know, uh, we've just finished talking about Colombia versus uh, Germany and how big is that? From being there, which moment do you think has become the most iconic? Is it, is it a certain win? Is it a certain goal? What do you think has, like, shook the world down there in Australia? I think probably Linda Casado. I think I heard you guys speaking about her. She um, is just, what an incredible story when you think about her. The fact that she was battling with ovarian cancer at such a young age. I think she'd made like a professional debut around that time um, to now being a Real Madrid player and turning up on the big stage in the big moments. Because so many big players come to the big stage with all this expectation and weight on their shoulders. I'm not sure she really had any, if I'm being honest. Um, not many people would have known about her. Uh, I guess people who follow the the women's league in Spain. But other than that, not many people would be familiar with her name. But now she's on everyone's lips because that goal she scored was sublime against a Germany side that's so dominant. Of course, they made the European Championship finals last year. Um, she just showed up and was absolutely fearless. And of course, we're all fearing for her health after she collapsed during a training session. But it's so great to see that she seems fit and well. Anita, the U.S., do they get through? England, do they get through? If they play each other, who's got a better chance of uh, knocking each other out? Oh. Ooh, you put me on the spot there. Did you, did you want me? <laughs> I'm down under. I'm trying to fight for my life against these wild animals here. Now you want me to fight online with everyone if I say one or the other? Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> Susanna very well pointed out um, that England have been underwhelming so far. But like I said, they might have been shaking off the cobwebs because, of course, new players have had to come in as a lot of key players have been missing through injury. Of course, Kira Walsh, we, we were speaking about this. Um, thank God it's not an ACL injury, we've learned. Um, but it does seem quite serious. So the likelihood of her being present in the rest of this tournament is probably up in the air. Um, oof, going face-to-face, -face, I mean... I'm. USA in that Netherlands game, well, the Netherlands showed up. If England could replicate what the Netherlands did, then I think they have a good chance. However, with these games and these, these kind of, um, uh, I guess, especially these games where you've got nations that have faced each other previously, I feel like that can weigh on an opposition's mind. And I don't remember the last time England got past America. And all I can think of is Alex Morgan and... So I don't know, you know, you put me on the spot. My heart says England, but my head probably leans more to America, unfortunately.
Hey, well answered. You're a true professional. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, she's on an American television show right now. So good answer. I, I want to talk about Spain and Japan because we talked about it earlier today. If you know how Japan is playing, defensively pragmatic, they, they get in their low blocks, but they counter like no other. Four goals, only 23% procession, but they get it done. How, how do you see those two teams faring off in the knockout rounds? So interestingly, I think I said on the show like a week or so ago that I thought Spain were favorites. I'm not so sure now. So I was keeping up to date with the highlights because I was uh, filming Panama training because they still have one more game even though they've been knocked out. They'll be coming up against France where there are permutations in that group still. But um, it's really surprising to see Spain go down like that against the first real opposition. Of course, we saw them breeze past Costa Rica and Zambia. So the fact that they've kind of wobbled at this hurdle um, is worrying. So I'm not sure that they're looking like favourites any longer. You would have thought that they would have put in a bigger fight in a game like that. So um, I might be wrong about my favourites. I might just review that. <laughs> <laughs> no shame in changing your mind, Anita. I do it all the time, all the time. Um, I want to ask about uh, that 2-1 win for France over Brazil. Brazil now in danger of not getting out of, of the group. How surprised were you by this result, especially the way it ended with the Wendy Renard winner? So I wasn't too surprised, if I'm honest, because, of course, uh, Brazil faced Panama in that first game and they beat them 4-0. And looking at the scoreline, it, uh, I think, flatters Brazil and really doesn't um, give the best impression of Panama because uh, Brazil weren't clinical in front of goal. They created so many chances in the opening 20 minutes. I just remember feeling so bad for the Panama goalkeeper because she was under so much pressure. But equally, she managed to show just what talent she has. And a better team would have put away at least a couple of those chances. So when they did come up uh, against the likes of France and you've got Wendy Renard dominating that back line, it didn't surprise me that they were kept at bay for uh, as long as they were. And, you know, France are considered one of the big dogs in this competition. So um, for Wendy Renard to come and save her team like that to get all three points doesn't surprise me whatsoever. And you mentioned Brazil may not go through, but France need to beat Panama. Of course, on paper, it looks like an easy one. But you know when sometimes teams don't have anything to lose? We may see a new side to Panama unleashed and... I don't think they're going to make it easy for France. They're not going to want to let them walk over them whatsoever. Um, their reputation is on the line. These are girls who want to be seen on the big stage and hopefully have clubs have a look at them and think maybe that's someone we need to look at bringing over. So um, it's not all said and done for France in terms of whether they qualify first or second in that group and equally with that game with Brazil and Jamaica. So I think people will be flicking through both games to see how it all ends up. Absolutely, indeed. Great stuff, Anita. Uh, before we let you go, I just have to get an update quickly on the insect situation and if you've managed to avoid the big spider that we had to Google to look and see how actually terrifying that it was. How, how's it looking over there? So, um, gracias a Dios. <laughs> the husband. Um, I mean, um, the husband has not hunted Anita. Right. So, um, we are good for now. Uh, I'm going to touch wood again because um, it's going well so far. I fly to Sydney tomorrow uh, where uh, Panama will be facing France for the final game, like I said, 
um, in the Sydney Football Stadium. It should be a really good crowd there. You've got the likes of Wendy Renard and Le Sommar, to name a few, who are going to be pulling in people who want to see what they're all about. So um, I'm really excited and hopefully spiders at bay. Nice. Love it. Mm. Oh, Anita, we appreciate you. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I'm sure we'll check back in with you very soon. Yes, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Fabrizio Romano joins us when we return. We haven't chatted with Fab in a while, but we got a lot to talk to him about. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Well, it's been a crazy busy summer of transfer news, and it means it's a perfect time to check in with our guy, the busiest man in the world, Fabrizio Romano. Um, Charlie asked you before we Ciao. came on, he said, he's like, he's like, is this slowing down for you at all? And you were like, oh, no, 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 no. You've never been been busier. What's your what's your life like right now? No, it's only on my phone. There is no normal life. No normal life. Then in September, it will be normal. Oh, God. Okay. Well, Godspeed. Um, let's, okay, so let's chat about some of the things that are keeping you so busy. I want to start with uh, Harry Kane. The rumors is that he is close to signing a deal with Bayern. What's, what's the latest there? What can you tell us? Yeah, there is a meeting today in London. It's an important meeting right now between Bayern board, there is the director, Mark Koneppe, the CEO, Dress, and all the people from Bayern, meeting with Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy. This is a very important meeting because Bayern hope to accelerate this week to get the deal done this week for Harry Kane, so they will improve their proposal in direct talks with Tottenham. They already had two bids rejected uh, from Tottenham. It was 70 million euros plus add-ons, 80 million euros plus add-ons. Tottenham always said no. They still hope to keep Harry Kane at the club, but Bayern today will try again. So let's see what happens there. Bayern feel that Harry Kane wants to move. Thomas Tuchel is really pushing to have him. And keep an eye also on PSG, because behind the scenes, PSG, if this Bayern deal collapses, they could be ready to enter the race. So Harry Kane week is going to be really crucial. Fab, can you give us an update on this, this crazy fiasco with, with Mbappe? Killing Mbappe could get a loyalty payment that's obviously massive, but also wants to leave, or PSG want him to leave because he's not going to commit himself to the, to the club. Where do you see this playing out? Does he do a loan? Is, it, is there a club that's willing to take him, or, or is Real Madrid willing to pay a certain number that PSG would allow him to leave? Or, or what, what do you think is the next step? 
I think it's very clear that for Paris Saint-Germain this is over. So even in case Kylian Mbappé decides to reject every single destination or in case he doesn't agree uh, any deal this summer, they are prepared to um, put Mbappé on the bench for the whole season. So the message is very clear. He's out of the project at PSG because they wanted Mbappé to sign a new deal and they always told him, new deal or leave the club immediately. So that was the message from the club and remains the message from the club. What happens now is that PSG are waiting for Real Madrid. And my feeling is that Real Madrid want to win in this story after what happened one year ago. Remember that one year ago, Real Madrid were really disappointed with what happened with Kylian Mbappé. They were expecting Kylian Mbappé to join the club in summer 22, and they decided to extend the surprise move with, uh, with Paris Saint-Germain. So now they want Kylian Mbappé to join on their conditions. And at the moment, there is still no bid from Real Madrid. So the feeling is that Real Madrid could enter this race, but later this window. And so let's see how much they will offer. Let's see what kind of bit they will do. It's a complicated strategy game, but Paris Saint-Germain sources, important sources at PSG, feel that Kylian Mbappé only wants to go to Real Madrid and he already agreed a contract with Real Madrid for summer 2024 on a free. So he's not speaking to any other club from Saudi, from Europe, from England, nowhere. He wants to go to Real Madrid. This is the feeling at Paris Saint-Germain. You know, Fabrizio, you could really help me out if you just tweet that he's going to Arsenal. You know what I mean? Just throw a couple of those emojis <laughs> in there. I think it'll help. I want to ask about Yunus Musa. Uh, it's supposedly yeah. a done deal going to AC Milan. It's not exactly a done deal. Where do we stand right now? It's done. It's done in terms of verbal agreement. Everything was agreed on Sunday between uh, AC Milan and, uh, and Valencia. 20 million euros packages, 18 million euros plus two win ons So everything has been agreed between the two clubs. I think today, tomorrow, they will try to sign all the documents and then the player could arrive uh, in Italy tomorrow or maybe on Wednesday. But the deal is, is agreed. Musa agreed a five-year deal. So also on personal terms, everything is okay between Yunus Musa and Milan. He only wanted Milan because he had some possibility in Germany. He had some possibility also in England with nothing Forest, Fulham, West Ham interested, but he wanted to play Champions League football with Milan, and so deal is done. I think it will be official on Wednesday. Fabrizio, man, amazing to see you again. Uh, my question is yeah. for, for Balogan. Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, where is he going to end up? What's the story? Will he remain in Arsenal? If he does, uh, because I, I heard Inter, if he doesn't go to Inter, where, wh wh who will Inter look for to, as a centre forward position? Yeah, that's a good question because um, I think he's not staying at Arsenal. The player wants to go, uh, not because he's not respecting Arsenal, but he wants to play. And he knows that Arsenal with Gabriel Jesus and Inketia on a new long-term contract is complicated to find space. And that's why he wants to go and he wants to leave on a permanent transfer. So now it's on Arsenal to agree terms with any club. I can tell you that from what I understand, Balogun is the top target for Inter. So the striker they want to replace Romero Lukaku is following Balogun. Now they need to reach an agreement with Arsenal. It's not that easy because Arsenal want more than 40 million euros for Balogun. Inter were hoping to strike a deal around 35-40, but at the moment it's not enough to convince Arsenal. So conversations will continue. Let's see what happens there. If it's not going to be Balogun, I will keep an eye on Gianluca Scamacca from West Ham. Italian striker, Inter know him so well, and so could be the plan B for Inter. But the priority is following Balogun. Fabrizio, uh, real quick, when it comes to uh, Balogun, I noticed that his the valuation is pretty low. When you look at Manchester United, how much they paid for Rasmus Hoyland, uh, 72 million pounds, a player that's only yeah. scored nine goals. Why do you think there's such a low uh, valuation placed on Balogun? Because the player wants to go. 
and the player decides. Uh, in this case, the player is really desperate to go. Uh, he is not going to sign a new contract at Arsenal, and so the message is very clear. He understands that Arsenal decided to trust Ed Inketia and obviously Gabriel Jesus uh, as important strikers for their project, and so he wants to try something different. That's why I think Arsenal are not in the position to ask for 75 or 80 million euros as Atalanta did for, uh, for Rasmus Hoylund, who had a very long contract and was a crucial player for Atalanta. So I think that's the difference, but I agree with you. Probably Balogun, in terms of transfer value, could be something around at least 60 million euros. Incredible. Fab, what's the latest on Matt Turner? I know as the backup with Arsenal, Arsenal are now f flirting with the idea of, of approaching uh, Raya from, from uh, the Premier League. So where do you see Matt Turner ending up if, if that's the case? Yeah, we have to see if all the pieces of this domino uh, will go in the right place in the next days, but it's a possibility for Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest had contacts with Arsenal to ask about the conditions of a permanent transfer for, uh, for Turner, so that's a concrete possibility. They had a long negotiation with May United to bring back Dean Henderson, but there is still no agreement, and so they decided to contact Arsenal for Matt Turner, and Arsenal decided to contact the agents of David Raya as a possible backup goalkeeper, but not that backup because he could create competition to Aaron Ramsdale. So there is this domain of goalkeepers around Europe, also involving Bayern, because David Raya was in the list at Bayern, but now the deal is not happening. They are looking at Bono from Sevilla, so there is a goalkeeper's domino again, but let's see what happens with Turner, with Nottingham Forest. Really interesting. Fabrizio Romano, we know you are a very busy man. We appreciate your time. Go get some sleep, okay? <laughs> I will try. Some more espresso. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Um, we are chatting about the upcoming Women's World Cup matches when we return. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Group B action from earlier this morning. Here is Canada taking on Australia, and this was all Australia. Starting early in this one, the ninth minute. Yeah, Rosso. Rosso. That was Razo's been so good on and off the ball, and uh, this uh, this one, the second one as well, is Razo again in, in a big moment. You cannot give up the ball there. Like oh, knee to knee. Oh, boom. What a result. Katrina Gorey with that pen. Owsies, they are moving on. Let's move it along to Ireland and Nigeria. Ireland entered this one already eliminated. But what Nigeria. Save. Incredible save. But I mean, this is Whoa. bad defending. We talked about Ireland being, you know, defensively strong. Leaving someone open in the box like that could have really bit them. Yeah, and Ireland, Ireland's been, oh, you know, listen, Ireland have had some solid performances. Mm -hmm. Had things haven't gone their way. Look, you see 60% sure. possession there. They, I mean, they fought to the end in the first game as well. Uh, they just were not able to get the job done. No, nah, but a, a good showing for their first ever World Cup. So in Group B, it's Australia and Nigeria moving on. Canada and Ireland are out. What This is massive for the hosts, Australia. Um, but, man, I think we're all kind of surprised uh, to see Canada not advancing out of yeah. the, the group stage. It's a talented squad. 
No, definitely. And Nigeria was put in a place where they were going to have the big opportunity to knock out either Canada or Australia. It was going to be between them two, and that was a massive match. Difficult, a lot to ask for, I think, playing against a host nation and a very good Australian side. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's look at Monday's footy fix for you. We've got some Leagues Cup action to look forward to. Club America taking on Columbus, Puebla versus Chicago, Toluca versus Colorado, and Chivas versus Sporting Kansas City. You can watch all those matches on Apple TV+. And then early tomorrow morning, the Port Portugal taking on USA at 3 a.m., as well as Vietnam and the Netherlands. Let's quickly hit that Portugal-USA match. The U.S. need a win or a draw to advance. They'll get it done. You, Charlie is feeling no very doubt. confident. They get it done. Are you feeling confident, Grella? There's no way that they don't get it done. They're too, they're too good. I, and, and Portugal, for me, is missing a lot of different pieces. They're not at the, at the same level. So I, I think 90 minutes, it's, it's too much time for it to play against a very good you, you, you know, U.S. side. I agree. This is yeah. going to be, I don't want to say it's going to be easy, but if the U.S. don't advance out of this position, it's a massive, massive Even if Charlie was managing the team, I think they get <laughs> I know. This guy's what putting the goalkeeper up top. What, is, what wins this game? Where is this game won? In the final third. Not Alex Morgan. <laughs> As Bruce would say, we need to control the midfield. The U.S. has to outscore the Portuguese team. The what? Team? The analysis is why <laughs> you come here. This guy is. This is why you wake up early, folks. Is going to advance. Man, that is deep. Deep Thank Chuck. You. Great stuff. Hey, Grella, great having you today. My thanks pleasure, for, thanks for hanging out. Grella, baby. Anytime. Guys, thanks for watching. Let's do it again. Let's go Mañana. We'll see you soon. <laughs>You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.